Prepare yourself for the future of nursing with an advanced degree from Gonzaga University. Gain the skills to take on a leadership role or become a nurse practitioner through our online MSN and DNP programs. Gonzaga graduates are known as practice-ready, influential thinkers who are rigorously trained to provide the highest quality patient care. Visit gonzaga.edu slash graduate nursing to learn how Gonzaga can help you achieve your goals. That's gonzaga.edu slash graduate nursing. This is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. And the ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review where you find podcasts on your smartphone device. We're brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Bryant and Stratton College, CNY Electrical, and our great, great friend Heather Saxon over there at Hunt Real Estate. If you're in and around central New York, Heather simply makes home more than just a place. It's a feeling. Give her a call today. Buying and selling homes can be stressful and time-consuming. literally overwhelms you on a daily basis. 315-727-3313. That's 315-727-3313. Heather at Hunt on Facebook. She is a licensed real estate sales person. You can hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. We are inching closer to the NFL and everybody, of course, chomping at the bit for some football, our number one sport in the United States of America. And who better to talk to as we uh, get close to those camps opening? He is a content provider covering the National Football League for the Pick 6 podcast and CBS Sports. It's Kevin Boylard on Twitter at Kevin Boylard. Kevin, thank you, buddy. How are you? You're doing well, Mike. Thanks for having me back on the pod. Training camps open, obviously, soon. What team needs to accomplish the most before the season starts? That's a good question. I would, My mind immediately goes to any team that is breaking in a new quarterback. We actually had a lot of interesting quarterback movement the last two years. Last year, you obviously had the unique challenges with uh, you know, no early off-season program. So this year, I guess you can say, and we saw a new quarterback in Tom Brady, lead his team to a Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, it's going to be on guys like Matthew Stafford in L.A., Jared Goff in Detroit, uh, Sam Darnold in Carolina, Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Like, one of these guys is going to have to, uh, you know, take control of a new team, uh, really establish themselves as a leader uh, this year. And, of course, there's differing expectations for each of those teams. But I would say the teams with the new quarterbacks have the most ground to cover, usually, in any offseason. Do you believe in Tua Tunga Viola? Where where are we at with him? I'm not ready to give up on him yet. I mean, when you look at his passer rating, and uh, he won a lot of games, and uh, he obviously had some rookie struggles, but I think that they got him a lot of weapons. They're still going to have a good defense. Uh, Brian Flores is viewed as a better uh, as one of the better up and coming coaches, so uh, he's got a lot of. Uh, Good things going for him, we'll say. However, um, you know, when you look at the three quarterbacks who were taken in the first round a year ago, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, even though Joe Burrow's coming off a devastating knee injury, you still feel better about both of them over Tua. So I think the jury's out a little bit on him, but I think the hype is definitely trending in the wrong direction for him. So one thing that I'm really intrigued by, not just because I'm a diehard Buffalo Bills fan, but, you know, from last year to this year, the pressure goes way up. Expectations. The bullseye is there. The Bills are expected to win. Josh Allen had an MVP-type season last year. 
they're expected to do well. They're expected to win games now. It's not, you know, oh, man, the Bills have to face the Steelers. Oh, they have – well, those teams have to face the Bills now. And the division's going to be tougher. The AFC is super loaded. There's going to be extra pressure, all the things I mentioned. And you're going on the road this year with hostile crowds as opposed to 2020 with the coronavirus. Uh, how are you assessing the Bills looking into the crystal ball, not just now but maybe the next few years – with the window being open, they're trying to obviously chase a championship. Do you think this team can, A, handle the pressure, and, B, do you think they have uh, some you know, sustainability, so to speak? I think they're the team in the AFC with the best chance to unseat the Chiefs as the number one team or the team to be in the conference. Um, Josh Allen, we saw the leap he made from – the year before to last season where he was putting up MVP caliber numbers. Um, I think he's, I believe that Josh Allen will continue that trend there. You can look at it either way. Will he, you know, he'll keep going. Will he go the Mahomes route or will he, you know, regress back towards the mean kind of how, even though it wasn't a bad season for Lamar, his numbers after his MVP season, you know, came back down to earth a little bit. Ravens were still a good team. Lamar was still a Pro Bowl caliber player. Uh, it, it's just he wasn't, you know, the best player in the league um, unanimously like he was the year before. So I think that Josh Allen uh, provides a lot with his arm. Everyone knows what he can do with that, but it's really under understated outside of the Bills fan base how much he can do with his legs. And I really believe outside of Lamar Jackson, he is the best dual threat quarterback in the NFL. Um, he, he can do a lot with his legs, and he scores a lot too. And I think that helps you get out of a rut in the red zone sometimes. You mm. see so many offenses that can move the ball so yeah. easily yeah. between the 20s, and then they kind of hit a wall right. um, yeah. once they get in there. Josh Allen's mobility helps them remain consistent in that a- aspect of the game. And I think that's so crucial when you're talking about stringing together wins, when you see the NFL, how close every game is. Um, that could be the difference between wins and losses, seeding, and ultimately you know having home field advantage throughout the playoffs, which I expect the Bills to compete for this year. What team would you rather be heading into 2021, the Bucks or the Chiefs? I would rather be the Chiefs. Uh, if you're only looking at it as a one-year thing, I guess you could say the Bucks. But, uh, you know, Tom Brady's not going to play forever. They did bring back all their starters on offense and defense, so they should largely be the same team. But let's also not forget that this is a team that just hit its stride in the playoffs. They were a fifth seed. Uh, heading into the playoffs, didn't even have first round by, got hot, defense played well. Uh, Tom Brady didn't make many mistakes, not that you'd expect him to. Um, and then the Chiefs' offensive line kind of completely fell apart in the uh, in the Super Bowl. Uh, this offseason, the Chiefs made numerous moves to bolster their offensive line. The last two years, they've looked like the biggest juggernaut in the league. Uh, last year, they only lost one game uh, during the regular season in which Patrick Mahomes played, and it was an all out, you know, shootout with the Raiders. Um, so I think that they're the team that's best fit for the NFL and the way things are going in the year 2021. Um, I'm not out on the Chiefs, I guess you could say, just because they lost the Super Bowl this past year. Um, I don't expect the Buccaneers to be the same team five years from now. Kevin Boyler, I guess, here on the ML Sports Platter, NFL content, of course, Pick 6 Pod and CBS Sports on Twitter, at Kevin Boyler. Um, I'm curious to know what your take is on the uh, situation in Atlanta. They're obviously a, a different 
club uh, now. I mean, Arthur Smith comes in. He's an offensive guru from Tennessee. They're holding to it with Matt Ryan. Um, you know, they went out and got Kyle Pitts in the draft. They're, they're still, I guess, going to try to be as offensive as possible in an offensive league. This window, though, man, they, you know, up 28-3, lost the Super Bowl. That was it right there, and they let the Pats come back in and win it. Where are we at with Atlanta? Do you believe they can short-term get back to championship level with Matt Ryan here? His time, I think, is Man, Kevin, I think it's kind of running out on the Falcons, if not, if it hasn't already. Right. The Falcons are a tough one for me because every year I go into the season thinking that, you know, on paper this is a team that could win 11, 12, 13 games, and then they chronically disappoint ever since that Super Bowl that you mentioned. Um, This year feels a little different because of the turnover at both head coach and general manager. So this is a full rebuild. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of it's going to depend on Kyle Pitts being Julio Jones, uh, almost literally. Uh, And it stinks because you mentioned Matt Ryan, and I think the way the league goes, you know, wins and losses, success and failure, it's all pinned on the quarterback. I think Matt Ryan's one of the best quarterbacks in the league and has been since he ended the league. Uh, Very consistent, very productive. um, Just for whatever reason, the Falcons are a snake-bitten franchise and can't seem to get over the hump, and it's only getting worse. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if next year we see Matt Ryan playing somewhere else just because I think this is going to go in a full uh, rebuild mode in Atlanta, and it's going to become very apparent this season. This year, is the NFC East basically just going to be what we've seen in Major League Baseball and the NL East? I mean, it seems like they're kind of the same divisions in, in their respective sports here. Uh, you know, picking a team by default here. I do like Washington's defense an awful lot. Not sure how good the Cowboys are going to be. I see a lot of teeter-totter in between, you know, them and the Giants, you know, kind of up and down roller coaster seasons. Um, you know, Washington picks up, picks up fits. What's your assessment of that division, Kevin? Look, I don't think that the NFC East is going to be as bad as they were last year as a whole. Uh, I'll say I think that the winner of the division will have a winning record. I don't know if there's going to be a 14-15 win coming out of a team coming out of that division, but I do think that there's reason to believe that any of the three teams other than the Eagles can be really competitive playoff team. I, I'm not a big, I'm not buying into the Eagles, um, but you know Daniel Jones could take a leap. Saquon Barkley's supposed to be coming back healthy. Uh, they had a decent defense last year. Washington's defense was solid. Dallas has made offseason improvements to its defense, which was terrible last year. Dak Prescott is supposed to be back, and you know he was on pace to throw for like six thousand yards before getting hurt last year. So, uh, you know, if he could play at an MVP caliber level, which he sure seemed to be doing at least statistically through the first four or five weeks of the season last year, I don't think there's any reason to think that the NFC East is going to be the total dumpster fire. I think it will be competitive between those three teams. Uh, there's similarities between those three, and there's differences as well. Um, but I think that ultimately someone will come out of that division that could host the playoff game or will host a playoff game because of the playoff format, but could also win. Pick six pod, CBS Sports, NFL insider Kevin Boiler, I guess, here at Kevin Boiler. I got two more for you, Kev. Uh, here on the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by Welch and Company Jewelers and Bryant and Stratton College. Give me the team that is Super Bowl made the most. You know, the, the the team that has the best Super Bowl roster, but by the same token is most hindered by the quarterback position. Ooh, oh, wow. Oh, uh, man. Because I got the Browns and I got the Niners. Yeah. All right. I 
I could give you okay. Those are those are really good options because I think that the 49ers would have been a lot better last year had they not been totally ravaged with injuries. Now, I don't think Garoppolo is that bad. Mm. Uh, you know, the biggest thing with him is his availability. Uh, so if he's healthy and available, we've seen he can be just a player two away from winning the Super Bowl. I will say the Browns are the better answer there because the Browns are a very, very solid team. They like to run the ball. Their defense is stacked heading into this season. But as we saw last year, remember the Jets game where it kind of came down to Baker Mayfield and Kenny beat the lowly Jets, and he couldn't do it. And, uh, you know, I think it's kind of swept under the rug and forgotten about because the Browns ultimately got healthy. They beat up on the Steelers and the uh, playoffs, and that was kind of just the big celebration for the Browns. And I'm not trying to bring that team and that fan base down because they've been waiting so long for that success, but I do think if you're going to take a critical eye to what happened last year, you've got to look at that Jets game and go, wait, what went wrong? And that was Baker's worst game, and it was also the game that they needed him the most. So we've seen in the Super Bowl, time and time again, you can get there with defense, you can get there with a strong running game, you're going to need your quarterback to make a couple big throws. And I'm not saying Baker can't make them. I'm just saying, have we seen it? Okay, week one, who's the quarterback for the Packers? I still think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if he's going to show up at the beginning of training camp, but I can see him kind of dragging this out and showing up right before week one and then having a vintage Rodgers game, four touchdowns, no interceptions, and then him just kind of turning it all on the media saying, like, what were you talking about all offseason? Like, because <laughs> that's relax. what he would and do. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, yeah, it is. And then he'll say, like, oh, it was all a bunch of made-up stories and none of it was really true. And it's like, come on, man. Then why didn't you come out and say it? You know, that's just me projecting a little bit because that's like what I feel like Aaron Rodgers always does. But he loves the drama, whether he wants to admit it or not. And uh, I think he's going to keep it going as long as he can while also making sure he's on the field for week one and playing at an MVP level. And, uh, you know, keeping that value high because it's clear he's not happy with Packers. And uh, if not this year, it might be next year when he's finally on the move. And it is it is laughable, I think, when you hear him or others, Rogers apologist or, or oh, man, you know, the Packers, they, they got to go out and get more help. They got to get people, you know, they got to get more wide receivers. They need to get another ground game specialist. They need to get a, a Swiss Army knife type of player. Man, he just doesn't have what Mahomes has and what Brady's had over you know, in Tampa Bay, and I'm going, I think Rodgers' offense and his entire roster is actually better than probably 95%, if not more, than the entire NFL. They just haven't gotten over the hump in the NFC title game. It's that simple. I 100% agree with you. I mean, you can go position by position and look at it, but I actually think the most important thing to quarterback success is solid offensive line play. Everyone wants to point to, well, how many receivers have they taken in the first round since he's been drafted? Since He's been drafted or has been the starter. And, you know, okay, well, what does it matter? Devontae Adams, they got the second round, widely viewed as the best, if not one of the best receivers in the league. What, Matt, what difference does it make when you got him? And it doesn't – wide receivers are great, don't get me wrong, but offensive line play is way more important. And he's got the best left tackle in the league, David Bakhtiari. So, yeah. you know, and he's had a solid offensive line for him for his whole career. So I think the Packers have done quite well. I agree. Kevin Boiler on Twitter at Kevin Boiler, the NFL content guy and insider for the Pick Six Pod, CBS Sports. Go download that and follow Kevin on Twitter. KB, thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it.
The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Rosie's Corner. If you're in and around Central New York, they've got the pizza, the wings, pasta, hot and cold subs, and more. And don't forget about Fish Friday every single week with your mac and cheese, french fries, and coleslaw options for your sides. Rosie's Corner also on Grubhub, so they'll deliver via that channel as well. Rosie's Corner is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Big tip of the cap, thank you as well to the Whitaker and Swan families for their support of the podcast, as well as Welch & Company Jewelers, Barks & Rec Doggy Daycare, and Brian Comboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning. Go see Brian today. Set up your financial future. Advisors.massmutual.com. Brian Comboy is the official financial advisor of the ML Sports Platter. So I just recently uh, talked to Matt Perino on the Bills Brawl podcast, kind of setting up things for the Bills in training camp, expectations, what the offense is going to look like, the 53-man roster, the running back room, and the competition there, and much, much more. A little crossover episode for you here. And uh, here is Matt Perino from New York Upstate, the Buffalo Bills insider and beat man. Enjoy. You're listening to a Brawl Network production. This is a podcast for the best fans in the NFL. Are you in the mafia? Am I in the what? It's time for a Bills Brawl podcast. Second down and seven. Kelly with the tide. Touchdown. Bill Brawl. Allen. Deep shot. And Thurman breaking tackles at the 22, inside the 10, touchdown Buffalo. And it is indeed another edition of the Bills Brawl. I'm your host, Mike Lindsley. Get us on Twitter at Bills Brawl and me at Mike L Sports. We right now bring in one of the best in the business. He is a beat man and insider for New York Upstate. You can get him on Twitter and, of course, the Shout Buffalo Bills uh, football podcast uh, at Matt Perino and those general Buffalo Bills updates via New York Upstate at Bills Updates. Matt, welcome aboard, buddy. Thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm good, Mike. How's it going? I'm well getting, you know, kind of antsy for football to start. I know you're kind of in that that category as well. What do you want the Bills to accomplish at training camp? Um, I think that, you know, for a team like this that is so, the continuity is such a high level that, you know, you have an expectation going into this that they're going to be able to hit the ground running. Like a lot of, you know, uh, familiarity amongst the group, uh, walking in, knowing people. So a lot of the, you know, big topic this this last month and a half has been the fact that training camps in Buffalo and they don't have that period uh, of time in Rochester at St. John Fisher where they can kind of get, you know, get to know each other and, you know, bond a little bit. There's a lot of bonding and, and, and getting to know you that's happened for this group over the last three or four years, however long certain members have been here. So I think it's just about, you know, the battles that we're going to see take place. I mean, there's a couple position battles that are, are really intriguing. I think cornerback two between Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson probably tops the list for me. But among the offensive line, along the offensive line, there's a couple uh, potentially as well. Tight end. Uh, I know that there's a portion of the fan, bite, fan base that's intrigued about Jacob Hollister and what he can maybe do to push Dawson Knox. So a team this good, it's, it's about finding – you know, little areas to improve. 
uh, and that's what I want to be looking for as we as we kick things off next week. The running back situation. What do you like most? What do you like least? I was talking to Ryan about this last week on one of our shows, and um, I don't know what it was about last season. Maybe it was the fits and starts for Zach Moss, but I I didn't leave 2020 with the kind of opinion of him that I've been able to develop over the last couple of weeks as I've gone back and, and taken another look at his rookie season. There's a lot to like. I mean, he would, in that Indianapolis game last year, I really thought that he was finding – some comfort and his ability to catch out of the backfield is something that I don't think we talked enough about. Uh, I think it was Greg Vorce on Twitter that put out a tweet today. I saw where it was, um, he had 18 pass attempts, uh, opportunities and he didn't drop a single pass last year. And that's going to be a piece that's important because Devin Singletary, who I think you could say probably has a slight edge to be the starter, quote unquote, if there even is one of those in this backfield, I mean, that's been his bugaboo, is being able to consistently catch passes. Uh, and so I think that piece of it, I'm excited to see what Matt Breida brings to the mix because that's an element that I think that they were missing last year. But I think going into this thing, how I'm projecting it is, you know, I think Zach Moss is probably going to win that job and be the guy that carries the bulk of the load if he can stay healthy. And I think that Breida could be a real matchup uh, chess piece for them. So I, I like Mass a lot, uh, Moss a lot because I think I just think he's a massive kind of versatile, quick dude. And you know before he got hurt, he grinded uh, defenses down. If I remember correctly, he grinded down the Broncos in the fourth quarter. He did the same thing to the Steelers in the regular season. Um, so this is a this is a really I think he's got a lot of potential. Do, do you think the Bills? I know they're built around Allen in the past, and they're going to go as far as Allen and Diggs and that offense from it. You know through the air takes them. But how much more do they need to run the ball? Because we have heard that a lot, right? Like, you got to have a little bit more balance. I mean, I don't want 50-50 balance here, Matt, but how much more do they need to run the football in order to at least take pressure off maybe number 17 and others? You know, I think that they proved last year, and, you know, I go back to that New England game where they, they, they changed a little bit about their identity and they were able to run the ball a little bit better. I think that they'll they'll run it better, but in terms of your question, I don't necessarily want to see any uh, uptick in rushing attempts for what this team tries to do. Like, you know, I think at times, I think the balance needs to come a little bit more in how Brian Dable devises the split. And, you know, there was a lot of games last year where I think they came out and they were just throwing, throwing, throwing. You know, whereas I think that if you're a little bit more strategic with when you throw in a run play and a run play that you like, I think that that can make you more effective as a running team as well. But man, I, I want the ball in Josh Allen's hands. I want the ball in Stephon Diggs hands, Cole Beasley. I'm pretty bullish on Dawson Knox as well. I, I'd like to see him get a, a, maybe an uptick in targets and, and see what he can do with it. But yeah, I, I want them to run probably about where they were a year ago and just execute better. Matt Perino with us here, New York Upstate Buffalo Bills insider. Of course, he and Ryan Talbot with the Shout Bills podcast. It's terrific. Go get it all over the major platforms where you get your podcast. A couple more quick ones for you here, Matt. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I played golf with a guy who was pretty close to the Wake Forest program, and he said, you know, we, he's a, also a big Bills guy, used to live in Western New York, used to live and work in both Western New York and Central New York, and uh, he was asking me, you know, hey, what do you think of the Bills? And we, we, we started talking, and he goes, man, I'll tell you, he goes, that Boogie Basham's going to be a stud. What do you see in that guy right now? What do you like about him? 
I like a lot of things about him. I like his I like his attitude. I like the, the circumstances of which the Bills are are entering and into the mix. You go out there and you take a guy, Gregory Rousseau, who I think has, you know, blue chip potential at the position, a guy that could develop into, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber player. And then you go back and you and you and you take another swing on the on the line and you bring in Basham, who I think had first round grades from a lot of experts. And now you bring him in as a guy that's probably feeling pretty slighted about what happened. And I, the way that they develop guys and the way that they, you know, their, their culture and how they uh, go about their business. I don't expect Boogie Basham to come out here and necessarily take any shots at teams passing on him or anything like that. But I have to believe that there's a piece of him and, you know, we'll dig into that as, as the course of the season goes along, especially if he has the type of role that I think a lot of people expect he can have, how much that's going to drive him this year to prove right off the bat that, man, a lot of you folks messed up. I mean, look at New Orleans, you know, a pick before the Bills took um, Rousseau, they took uh, Peyton Turner, who I think, you know, he had also, he was a, a lot like Basham in the sense that there was mixed um, scouting reports on him. Some people had a first round grade on him. Some people had like a, you know, maybe some people had as low as a day three grade on him. And so if I'm Basham sitting there going, you know, 30 picks, 32 picks later, you know, I got a chip on my shoulder. I think they like that. I like the versatility and Leslie Frazier kind of told you like he basically thinks that he can play on the outside and he can play on the inside, not only on third down, but they think he has the size to use him early on downs at defensive tackle. And I think that kind of versatility, I mean, that just screams to this coaching staff on how they like to use their players. One thing I'm really intrigued by is is the Bills going into this thing, all the expectations, the fans are back, uh, the pressure on the road, the crowd noise, the bullseyes on the Bills. The Bills are expected to win now. Uh, do you think this group can handle that? I think they can handle that, but I, I definitely think that that is an interesting bullet point to this preview of this team and this season is the emphasis that they began putting on the crowd noise factor even back at, as early as rookie minicamp. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be something that teams really have to deal with across the league. And I think some of the moments that Allen has struggled in in the past have been when there's a lot of chaos happening. You know, I mean, you go back to that Houston Texans playoff game, and I know it's a bad memory for Bills fans, but, you know, the excitement level of that game and, like, you know, the crowd factor, and as things were, as the tide of the game was shifting and the crowd played a big role of that, you know, you know, he lost himself a little bit. It's something he's been working on, and I almost feel like last year without fans, he really got to experience the game with a with a with a certain composure that's allowed in that kind of environment and you know in the playoffs as the fans were kind of coming back and then in KC there was there was quite a few more than the ones that were in Buffalo you know he did he didn't perform as well and so i think that that's something that's you know you're going to have to watch i don't think that there's going to be this unbelievable regression that i think some people are are worried about but i do think that you know from week to week it's going to be harder to you know, put up the numbers that they put up consistently. But, hey, I mean, this guy's done nothing over the last three years but prove people wrong. So I think he likes a little bit of that doubt uh, cast over a season. I mean, if, if everybody was on board and everybody was going into year four like, 
you know, is Josh Allen better than Patrick Mahomes? Is he ready to take that step and become the best quarterback in the league? I don't know if Josh Allen would like that because he's kind of settled into this role as the underdog and the guy that everybody kind of likes to hate on a little bit, and I think he likes that. What team in that division, AFC East, are you most worried about? Yeah, if you're a Bills fan, for me, I've seen a lot of national pundits coming out picking the Patriots to win the division. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really get it. Uh, I think you need a quarterback in this league. I think that the, the unknown of Tua and how well the Dolphins played last season for the most part, I mean, that was a I – felt, I felt like that was a year two – uh, of, of of the Bills build. Like, it's very similar. It felt a very similar, right? Although Tua was in his rookie year. Uh, and I think that they, they outperformed my expectations for them, even though I thought that they were going to be a solid team. Um, they were really good. I don't think that that last game was necessarily an indication of how good they were. I think it was just more about the Bills and how much better than they were. Uh, so I, I like the Dolphins I, to be the, the, that, that top test for the Bills. I think that they have the better roster one to 53 once that once we get there and the quarterback is a big piece of that um listen i I kind of am intrigued by the tight end tight end situation that they're they're doing in new england with johnny smith and hunter henry but i just don't think that they can unless they're bulldozing you in the run game and cam is super accurate and they have a real plan for what they have at the skill positions there just doesn't seem to be enough talent around him in my opinion whereas you look at miami and even if Tua takes a small step forward, I think that the talent around him with Parker, uh, Fuller, Gesicki, and now the rookie Jalen Waddle, there's a lot of talent there in Miami. There's no doubt. Final thing for you, I know you're a big chicken wing guy, you're a big food guy, but lately you've been on the hot dog train, and uh, let's let's get you fed here with some Hoffman hot dogs, and we'll get your power rankings, huh? <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I didn't mean to start a war over the weekend. Oh, people, a, P, hey, listen, Matt, people think about hot dogs the same way they do chicken wings, man. It's it's an intense know, it's man. an intense talk, man. So I was at a bachelor party out of town, and I wasn't even getting that good a service. Congrats and, on surviving, by the way. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm totally survived. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. And I was having, they, they, they put some burgers, some sausages, and some hot dogs on the grill. And it was it was in Cuca Lake, but the the guy's house that we were at is from Rochester, so he had a couple packs of dry goals. They put it on there. I never had it, which is crazy because I've I don't I, I didn't even think they were bad. They were good. They were good. They were good. Yeah. I just I love Salins, and so like I always put like I've had Nathan's hot dogs before. Oh my god, they were so terrible. Like, and I don't know if that's just because I grew. Here's the thing, and I guess we could have a larger conversation about this. I think a big part of your hot dog passion comes from what you grew up that's on. That's exactly you had right. Them so yep. many Bingo. times yep. that you just like you just develop that kind so anything different from that is gonna feel weird. Correct. And I saw even Dweigel's the actual account tweeting at me. I was like, oh man, I probably should have put that out there. I wasn't trying to to dump on him. I just like I love Salins. I always stand for him. So uh but yeah in the future I'm gonna I'm gonna think twice before I shoot out a hot dog cake. I think I think when you get some Hoffman's in you it'll it'll be really good. Speaking of wings that I mentioned before, I can't wait to get out to Buffalo and try to at least see a game, meet some people. I gotta hit up Bar Bill, I gotta hit up a couple of those last wing spots I haven't been to. I've been to, you know, Gabriel's Gate and Elmo's and uh, you know, Duff's Anchor Bar, obviously, but uh, I, I got to get to the bar bills of the world and, and some of the other ones to uh, to go. I like Swanee houses as well. I think those are underrated there downtown. Um, but uh, I got I got to get to the bar bill. I think that's the the a number one. I'm told. 
Yeah, Barbell, I, I highly recommend going just for your first trip. If you got to go to Barbell North, it's great. Like, it's as good as the other one. But I think the ambiance of the experience of the uh, East Aurora location, oh, okay. it's the original. It's just like a little old. It, it looks like a house. It looks like you're just walking into a house. It's got, like, six mm. tables and a bar. And then they just bring out the most life-changing chicken wings that you'll ever have. It's a hot... It's the honey butter barbecue. That's the one you got to order. The taste is unreal. They're always crispy. Awesome. Wow. Shout Bill's podcast. Go get it. Download and subscribe. The New York State, uh, upstate, I should say, Buffalo Bills insider and beat reporter Matt Perino. At Matt Perino on Twitter. Give him a follow. It's a must. Matt, thank you so much. We'll talk soon, pal. Take care, Mike.
During the season of giving, you might give away more than you want. Sweater for mom, video game for Jake, and my credit card for someone named Gina? More online activity can mean more exposed personal info. But LifeLock by Norton has identity theft protection all wrapped up. And if you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions. But you can save up to 25% off your first year with promo code LifeLock. Visit LifeLock.com today. Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel. Or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak egg and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.